and gentlemen, welcome to the Spinning Our Gears podcast. As a reminder to all those Blue Falcons still listening in and following us, suck my... Nope, that's not it. That's for later. As a reminder, the issues, views, and opinions discussed on the podcast are those of the co-hosts and their guests and do not reflect that of any department, agency, city, municipality, state, or country. All stories, characters, individuals discussed on the podcast should be considered fictional for entertainment value. This show is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. If you don't like it, don't listen. If you do like it, please like, share, and subscribe. We are on all major platforms and social media, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course our website, www.spinningourgears.com. Head on over, check it out, and feel free to contact the guys. Now, without further fanfare and ado, I'm proud to present to you your co-hosts, Turk and Swagger. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Spinning Our Gears. I'm Turk. This is normally where I would say, here's Swagger, and we're a couple of cops spinning our gears. But turns out the FBI, the CIA, and the DEA just raided him, and he's going to be in jail for a little bit. He's waiting extradition to Columbia, I think it is. So none of us were expecting that. Uh, there will be a GoFundMe for his bail. It's currently set at $2.2 million, and uh, every cent counts. So if you guys could jump into that, that'd be great. Uh, in all seriousness, though, I've got a really cool guest here today. Uh, different different cop is going to be spinning his gears with me. Today, I'd like to welcome Kenyon to the show. What's going on, man? Hey, thanks. Um, I'm actually not surprised. I listened to the last couple episodes of you guys, and <laughs> I, I, I'm not surprised he was raided. <laughs> We're not sure what the charges are yet. They won't let him call out. He has not been given his one phone call, but we know that the bond's pretty high, so we'll wait for that. But What are you up to, man? Well, you know, not much. Um, just the regular job. It just, uh, of course, you know, I, I got switched to the day shifts uh, lately, so I'm getting used to driving around in the traffic instead of, um, you know, the other cars on or the other headlights on the on the road being just other cops. Yeah, they wave at um, you different on day shift. They, they do. They do. They use They're, they use the, the the one finger on day shift. Oh, they use the one. So with us, it's the other way around. On night shift, <laughs> you get the one finger, and on day shift, it's all five. <laughs> A little bit different. We're all topsy turvy over here. (laughs) (laughs) So Kenyon is the, I guess, the creator, the producer, the manager, all of it for Tased and Confused, which is uh, it's it's big on TikTok, but he's also got several other social media platforms. And I happened to see, I think the first video that I saw with you was the that guy or that rookie guy at the academy, Uh, uh, yeah, way back like over a year ago. So, um. It, he does a lot of awesome stuff over there where he, he basically just takes the life of a cop and he kind of put it into, what would you say, like a skit type of a, a platform? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of the gist of it. Um, you know, I, I a couple of them. I, I like to do the skits. There's I've done a couple of them of just like the different trends on TikTok too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think there's one of you stuffing your face with like 10 donuts and <laughs> yeah, so... But I as, saw you know, that one. And I had I had to do that. <laughs> well, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was going to do it, and then I saw you do it, and I was like, after I made fun of you, there was no point. In- <laughs> so I made a mistake with that, though. I went and I picked the most dense donuts that I could have picked because we don't have a we don't have a Krispy Kreme. So the the original guy that did that, he had Krispy Kreme donuts, and mm-hmm. if you know Krispy Kreme, they are 90 percent air. You can smash right. them all. But I just picked some up from the local grocery store, and they were like, like it was like stuffing a, a whole freaking loaf of bread down my throat. They looked like and then I had to go eat donuts. dinner after. That. I had to pretend like I didn't just do that and go eat my <laughs> wife's dinner. Yeah, we had a Krispy Kreme in our area, and that was why I wanted to be a cop. And then they went out of business in our area before I became a cop. So we've got High V and Fairway. That's about it. <laughs> That's a shame. I miss Krispy Kreme. <laughs> so I, I guess, you know, as social media works out, I, I sent the friend request to you and you followed back and we've kind of been mm-hmm. back and forth a little bit on TikTok for the past year or so. 
Yeah. Um, you've been doing a lot of cool stuff over there, and I felt like if there was anybody I wanted to have on the show, it was definitely you. Um, well, thank I think you. A lot That's, of the, yeah. I think a lot of the followers on our side kind of follow you too, and I thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of talk to you, see what you were all about, get your background, and then also, you know, what's going on with the the platform. So, yeah. Well, hey, I'm I'm honored. I I I love it. This is my second podcast appearance. I was also on um, Modern uh, Modern Cop, the Modern Cop okay. podcast. Yeah. Um, and that was that was a while ago, and uh, yeah. So no, yeah, I I know that. Y- you've um, popped up quite a few times on, on my feed and we've had some, some like quips back and forth in the comment section. And I was like, Oh man, this guy's funny. <laughs> eh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like the, there's this weird kind of quiet network of like cops doing stuff on social media and then yeah. also cops doing stuff with uh, like the podcast platform. And for some reason it, it stays quiet and it kind of stays in that dark, recess of the corner that no one knows about because we don't want to get outed and then get in trouble, I guess. But can you give us a little bit of your, your background, your bio, and then we'll kind of jump into your law enforcement career and go from there. Yeah, sure. So I don't know how much, like how in depth you want, you want to get, I'll, I, I guess I'll just, I want you crying on the um, other end, like a, like an Oprah episode. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'll, I'll go for that one then. (laughs) All right, so my my start into law enforcement came at like a time where um, my wife was pregnant, and uh, so there's there's the start to our our crying thing, right? So, um, but I had like no career, right? I I was my dad did construction all growing up. He I was like his you know you know when your dad does something you go and work for him. So I was working for him, and I was like, hey, maybe I want to do this. But excuse me, turns out I suck at construction. So, so I, um, we, we got my, I got married to my wife. We moved out to to Arizona for a while and, um, was trying to work construction there. lost my job. Um, tried doing uh, some sales, uh, just cause I was desperate. Went out to Texas with my brother-in-law and I sucked at that too. So what do you do when you suck at everything? You become a cop. <laughs> That's right. Right. So I, um, I, so yeah, my wife came to me one, one night, you know, I was like super depressed and like, I don't know what to do. Like our, our kid's going to be born in a couple months. I have no career, no prospects, no nothing. And she was like, Hey, she's like, you know, you, you like law enforcement, you support law enforcement. Have you thought about doing that before? And I was like, well, I mean, not really, but so I called up my uncle who is a deputy with LA County and he was like, oh yeah, dude, do it, do it, do it, do it, and go county. And then I called up my my best friend from high school who was also working county. And so then I applied for counties, right? <laughs> so uh, you know, I was influenced and I applied for I applied with Maricopa County out in Arizona. And yeah. um I made it through a couple rounds uh of the hiring process before they cut me. Um, I also, I also, um, at the same time was applying with Yavapai County Sheriff's Office, which is just like just North. Um, and they ended up hiring me and I, and I, I really, I attribute it, uh, or yeah, I, I, I attribute it to, um, one of the, one of the trainers there. He, he ended up as a Sergeant and he sadly passed away, uh, just a few months ago from a heart attack. Um, but he, uh, I, I thought I botched my, um, my oral board because uh they, they it came to a question where they were like um they 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 posed this scenario of hey your partner is being held at gunpoint by you know some criminal what do you do and i i froze because like i don't have a background in law enforcement right. i haven't been trained in in that way and so i was like i i don't know i don't know and, you know, I went through several scenarios and I was like, I don't know, do I put my gun down? I mean, do I, do I say that I'm, uh, you know, I give up and then, you know, fake it and try to, and so I, I was, I thought I botched it and he walked me out and he was like, Hey, did you know that if you are presented with lethal force, you are allowed to reciprocate with lethal force? And I was like, yeah, he's like, so that being said, what would you do? And I was like, uh, I, I'd shoot him. And he was like, Pat me on the shoulder. He's like, "Atta boy." I was like, "That's the weirdest atta boy I've ever gotten." But 
<laughs> so when when were you getting into it? When did you get into law enforcement? How long ago? So this was about um, 2018 <clears throat> that I was applying. So okay, this December is going to complete my fifth year in in so law enforcement. Numbers were still pretty high at that point when you were testing. They were fairly high. It's it's it, yeah, like with Maricopa County, it was like I, I was testing with like 70 other people. And yeah. I mean, agency county agencies down there are are big. Like they've got fifteen mm-hmm. counties in the entire state. Mm-hmm. the The population of Maricopa County is the the population of like it's it's like four million. It's the yeah. size of you know the 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 whole county is the size of Rhode Island, um, in like space wise, not pop not population density or anything, but it's like the fourth biggest county. So. Uh, yeah, there were, there were quite a few, um, they weren't hurting, like, no, there weren't any like, um, what do you call them? Signing bonuses or anything. So, right. Right. But I, I tested with the, with the Yavapai County, I tested with about 24 other guys and I think 12 of us, 10 or 12 made it. And then like four scrubbed out in the Academy. Yep. So what I was trying to get at there was, I feel like back then and even further back past that was like those oral boards were almost kind of like stump the chump type stuff, right? Like we're yeah. going to ask you a question like that, not yeah. fully understanding you have no law enforcement experience and we sure. just kind of want to see how you handle yourself. I don't think they were looking for the right or the wrong answer. They wanted to see how mm-hmm. you handled yourself the whole time. But yeah, <clears throat> um, I was, I'm, I just, my DRE certification just lapsed, but when we tested out of state, it was in Maricopa County. And that is, like you said, it's a different world down there, man. We were yeah. in the jail doing testing. And if you want an experience, go down and do a tour of the jail one time because you'll you'll learn real quick. Um, mm-hmm. You said you got hired on by a county. Was, were your first months or years inside of a jail or were you out on the road? <clears throat> no. So I, I went straight to the road. Um, they, okay. they hired they hired from the jail, <clears throat> but. Um, I feel, I, you know, I felt like I was like a total wild card when I was going through Academy, I was like one of the only ones who didn't have like prior military or law enforcement, whether that was like jail or, or anything. Right. And so like, I kind of felt it was a completely different experience for me. I kind of felt like way out of my comfort zone. Like the first two weeks were so hard for me. It just getting used to what it was. Like I knew I, I kind of tried to think of it as like, going into boot camp, right? Mm-hmm. And that I feel I feel like that you know thought thought process kind of kind of helped me get to get through it. Um, you know, cuz it was I I mean they it, it, there's a lot of like stress-free academies nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz they're trying to like bolster retention and stuff like that. The one right. here locally is a stress-free academy. And when I was going through cuz I transferred agencies, um when I I, I had to go through um like one week with their academy to go through like their law week. Gotcha. So I I was sitting there and like people were talking out of turn and everyone was just like laughing and joking. And I was like, what is this dude? Like, like this carrying water totally bottles around yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Getting like getting up out of their seats. And I was like, we would get smoked for yes. any of that. Anyone spoke without raising your hand. Anyone looked at, at, at someone the wrong way or said like an off comment, like, man, it's a, it's crazy. Just, just the change that, that has gone on in like four or five years. Right. Because no one can hold on anybody, but yeah, you're not kidding. Like, you know, we would have inspections in the morning, but then they would be inspecting you all day long. Like if your gig line was off, you're getting, you're doing pushups. If your hands are in your pockets, you're getting, you're getting your ass kicked. But now, oh yeah, man, it's, it's like, it's like the 13th grade at this point, you know? No, um, it really is. But so here in Iowa, there are some, there are some counties where if you get hired on, this was my, my start to law enforcement, you go straight to the jail to start off, even though you're certified and you could be on the road. And Mm -hmm. as much as that wasn't what I wanted to do, it was a a great experience that I almost invaluable because it teaches you how to talk to people. It teaches you a whole different world. Um, So that's why I was just curious if you've been in there before. I've noticed that Mm -hmm. usually people that start off in the jail have a little bit different um, social standing when it comes to being a a police officer a little better than others. And I kind of thought maybe you had been, but it sounds like Mm -hmm. you weren't so. So um, I, yeah, I, I did pick up quite a few, um, overtime shifts at the jail cause our jail was super short staffed. And so there were people pulling people off of the road. So I did get yeah. to experience that side, but it wasn't where I started. Gotcha. Yeah. Ours was, I started off at a County where 
initially like in my interview, they're like, yeah, like six, seven years, you might see the road. And then I got into the jail and they're like, uh, it's more like 12, 13 years. And I'm like, man, wow. I can't, I just, I can't wait it out. That's, that's mm-hmm. what took me to Icarus was I just, I couldn't wait it out. My wife graduated right. college and we, we moved a little closer to home, but what moved you from your first agency to your new one? So it was, um, just, uh, we, we wanted to kind of change, change in, in everything. So we were actually where originally my wife like grew up. So she wanted out. She was like, I never want to go back. And then we ended up, I ended up getting hired where she, where she grew up. And so she was like, first opportunity, like we want to get, I want to get out of there. So we just like, we saved our money and we, you know, we, I, I picked up so many overtime shifts and uh, as soon as we were ready, I hit, <clears throat> I hit like a two and a half year mark and it was three years that, that my agency wanted for lateral. And so I started the process thinking that, Hey, it'll take six months, whatever to, to get smart. And they hired, they hired me within like six weeks. <laughs> like it was, it was not like they were hurting so bad up here. Like, and, and just like, I'm second in seniority on, on the day shift Monday through Thursday. Like that's, that's where I am right now. Like they've hired so many people and have had so, so much movement. Like yeah. my sergeant sat down in the squad meeting and we were picking our, our beats and he goes, um, you know, he goes to the first officer, what's your beat? And he's like, okay, all right, Kenyon, what's your, what? and I was like, me already? Like, I, 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 what? I thought this I wasn't was prepared for this question. Uh, no, I, I wasn't. Um, here, look, get back to me in a second. But <laughs> like, that's how much turnover that has been going on. Yeah. And, and, and it's I, everywhere. I can't, I can't believe it's, it. it's real it bad is. everywhere. The agency that I'm at now, we're luckily we're full staffed for now. We got a guy retiring at the end of the month though, which is going to mm-hmm. already, you know, set us back. But yeah. My last agency, they were down like 10 or 12 and they were a department of 40, 45. So that's, you're thinking a quarter of the department is gone. How do you fix that mm-hmm. issue? And yeah. we're starting to see the things like you talked about where academies are kind of cakewalks now and mm-hmm. people are getting hired that, you know, probably wouldn't have made it five, six, seven years ago. Testings yeah, are we, like 12 people. Yeah. We have two full-time overtime shifts for the day shift. That's crazy. For just like, you know, they're, they, we were just down that many bodies. So, so they're hiring what are a lot you guys of people, doing? but you know, they're going through FTO and through Academy. Well, right. What most citizens will understand is when you hire somebody, it's a year before you're going to see them on their own oh, absolutely. if they make it that far. Yeah. What are absolutely. you guys doing for, for the stress and for all that, like recouping from all that overtime? So it's not, um, it's not mandatory at least yet. Right. Okay. So like we haven't, we haven't reached that point where, you know, we have to do the overtime. Um, but it does put a lot of strain on the officer, the officers that are working the beat. Like, Mm -hmm. so comparatively, I know that, you know, night shift is typically, it's a different beast, right? It's, it's different calls, but it's depending on, you know, where you're at. Sometimes the call load is a little bit low, lower, right? Cause just nothing, you know, not as many things happen at night. So yesterday I took like eight calls in one day, which is what I would take in one week in the night shift. Right. And it's just like, we have as many people on the day shift as we do on the night shift, because that's just where it's minimum staffing. Mm-hmm. So it's just, tr- we're trying to, you know, we're trying to hire laterals um, more than anything because you can push them out on the road quick. And there are other officers that are leaving, you know, I'm, I'm over on the West side. So we have people coming from, you know, uh, well, you know, California and Oregon. And we hope that those people are the ones that are like the good ones from there. That's why they want to leave. Um, but, um, you, you are seeing those. We have, we have one from San Diego right now that's going through, that's going through FTO. So like, you know, we're just, I think we're, our chief keeps calling it like poaching and it kind of sure. is, but. What's know. unique about your area though, and some of these people that you're getting from those big areas, they probably don't want to be there because of the you know the political mess they're going through. So they see your area as an opportunity to kind of revitalize their career, which was big for me when I moved to, but 
What? Uh, oh, let me let me back up real quick because you talked about yeah. the academy. Everyone always mm-hmm. wants to know how long was the academy? How long was the FDO process? What was that like for you? you obviously, you said you took it like a boot camp, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, we we had a stress academy, and like the first, it was twenty weeks. Um, so the first, you know, the first six weeks were really the hardest. It was like the, when they push you the most and that's when the most people scrubbed out. Um, but after that, it kind of got a little bit easier. They got a little bit more relaxed, even though we still had the inspections and we still had Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the rules and we got smoked and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like, I felt like it was a, I felt like it was a really good intro, um, for, for, especially for someone like me who didn't have that kind of experience. Um, I don't know, man, I, I, I remember, uh, we went through the, the first week we had a few like stress inoculation, um, exercises and, and classes and stuff like, excuse me. Um, they had, um, one time we came in from like, we were, we were getting smoked, whatever, you know, and we come back into the classroom cause they would pull us out we would go outside and we went back in the classroom and just everything was a mess. They flipped over tables. They, they spread all the different, you know, all your, your binders, your papers, everything around. And they just yelled at us just like, get it cleaned up, get it cleaned up, get it. And they were yelling at us the whole time. And I was just, I was the whole time. I was thinking, oh, this, this freaking sucks, dude. I hate this. <laughs> what the hell and did they, I sign they, up for? <laughs> exactly. And you know, you go, you go, th- and I, and I saw things that I ne- like had never been exposed to before. You know, we thought, we thought, we talked about like, um, homicide scenes and suicide scenes and, and all these different things. And they would show pictures and I would just, I was sitting there just like wide eyed, like, holy crap. Yeah. And then I, I learned though, getting out of Academy and getting onto the road that <clears throat> it's a, I mean, they, they prepare you in the academy for your worst times, but your worst times, they don't happen really that frequently. Right. Like the most of, most of the stuff that you're dealing with is kind of mundane, like stuff yeah. that it's just repetitive and, and it gets old. And that is where I think that, um, the, the most valuable thing that I learned in academy, in academy was, um, don't be complacent. Yeah, because that's something that, you know, we can easily fall into if we are just going through the routines of of the mundane. So I I feel like I had really good instructors in Academy and a lot of people were like, don't get complacent, don't get complacent. They just had that on repeat. So we had our issue one, we were only 13 weeks, which we are are the nation's quickest Academy is obviously kind of a problem. How do you teach an officer yeah. what they need to know in 13 weeks? But it was like, yeah, week one, you were getting smoked. And for those who don't know what smoked is, that's basically they're running you, they're making you do physical exertion stuff because you messed up. So that first week we were getting smoked, but it was very clear that they were not looking to fail anyone because weeks two through 12 was kind of like, yeah, we're taking this seriously, but we're not like pushing you as hard as we have to. And then week 13 was like, hey, don't forget, you can still fail out of here. We're going to come back to what we used to do. We had one instructor that was real big about that, not, you know, being complacent. And I feel like, yeah, you're kind of right. It was a lot of like preparing you for the worst that you're going to see, but it was almost like they were making it sound like you're going to see it every single day. So there was almost kind of that shock when you came out of the academy and you're like, this isn't what I was expecting. Now what do I do? And then you have to really fall back on your FTO. Um, Mm. I had some good FTOs, uh, but yeah. Some weren't the greatest. How was your FTO program? <laughs> My FTO program was <clears throat> was pretty good. I felt like I had really good, um, really good trainers uh, the first the first time around. Um, second time was a different different experience, but I'll get into, into that a little bit. But FTO is really when I got exposed to, you know, um, some of the things that like we kind of you know that had been touched on in academy, but um, you know, I, I I was honestly like, <laughs> I mean, not having experience with it. I was like a little bit terrified, you know, because it was just going into the unknown for me. Mm-hmm. And so like the phase one was the first time I had ever had any interaction with, with a dead body. And it was my first one. I felt like, I felt like I le- like kind of got eased into it a little bit. Like the first one wasn't that bad. I mean, it was a, it was a naked dude just like on his re- recliner and he They're was like naked. older. Yeah, they are always naked. I, I don't understand. <laughs> and I, I, I made a video about that too. <laughs> but 
but everyone's fully clothed in the video. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on porn. It's, porn. Just, it's just me. Different it's website. Just <laughs> it's just, yeah, right. <laughs> but um, uh, I remember um, one time I was driving around with my FTO and he was like, he started talking to me about like, it's like, hey, your, your self-initiated activity needs a little bit of work. Like you, it's kind of low. And I was like, okay, um, what, what do you, what do you mean? And he's like, you know that you can make traffic stops now. Like you're, you're a cop. I was like, oh man. Okay. <laughs> what, <laughs> what do I pull over though? What, what, what can I pull over? What can I pull over? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if my experience was like, if I was just like naive or if that's just kind of everyone's experience getting into this, like you don't really realize or maybe some people do. Maybe some people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get them now. Um, but with that I, exact I was voice, like, too. With that exact voice, exactly. They call over the radio. They're like, I'm going to make a traffic stop, dispatch. Um, start me a second and a third. I don't know what I got, but start me seven. <laughs> Grandma's getting all sketchy. <laughs> She's not pulling over for me. <laughs> oh. um, so he, uh, that, was, that was quite a – it was a – different experience like you know my first couple of traffic stops and then then um i was still on phase one when I, I made a traffic stop where i had a lady like fake her name and date of birth and everything and dispatch came up came back to me over the radio and they're like hey um copy information the the driver information you've given us um she's deceased i was like hmm. <laughs> she's breathing right now i don't know <laughs> I'm not a detective, but that sounds like a clue. So I had a fel- I had a I had a felony um, off of that, and like I I still remember my first arrest uh, was for a it was for a misdemeanor. There was a guy who he was driving his pickup, and he came around a corner a little bit a little bit quick, and smacked a um, a girl like a little little girl maybe like ten or so, and she was okay. Um, you know, she wasn't like gravely injured or anything. Um, I think she ended up, I think she did end up going to the hospital just for like minor injuries. Um, but like my FTO was talking to me and he's like, Hey, so what are we going to do? And I was like, well, um, I don't know. And he's like, okay, let's, let's look at the, let's look at the codes and let's find it out. So we found the code and it was a misdemeanor. And I was like, well, it's a misdemeanor. I mean, we can cite on that. He's like, no, we're arresting this dude. I was like, okay. <laughs> so the, you know, I got, I remember my first arrest and I remember a lot of, a lot of my, you know, first experiences. And it was like, it was, it was quite, um, quite the ordeal. My second FTO, he was like a treasure trove of knowledge. He was nice. an old guy and, and like, he just like, I felt, he, he like knew everything. And he would quiz me on on policy. We were driving down the, the like we were driving down the highway, and he's like, "All right, if we had a wrong way driver, what w- what would you do? Would you go on the wrong way, fall and pursue him?" And I was like, uh, "No, probably not." He's like, "Good, because that's against policy." I'm like, okay, cool. I'd hang out the window like cops, and I'd shoot the tires. I got out. it right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So like, that's what they do on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> when I went through uh, my first agency with the county, because I was being FTO'd in the jail, it was like very much like sink or swim. They needed to know whether or not I was going to hold up or not. There wasn't a lot of like, here's policy, here's case law, stuff like that. I remember my, my very first day, this inmate got led into the pod by accident and was the pod that we were in. He had a no contact order with a guy and they immediately started duking it out. And it was like, what's the rookie going to do? Is he going to jump in and grab him? Or, you know, is he just going to watch? And luckily I jumped in and I kind of grabbed him. I felt like, I feel like in all FDOs, but especially this one, there's a little bit of luck that goes into it. Like you can have, mm-hmm. you can have the the best of intentions. You can be the most squared away person, but if you don't get a little bit lucky, you're starting your career off wrong. And I think yeah. the, the first bit of luck that I had was I was wearing these pair of Rocky boots and I'd gotten them from like a work site or something. So they were like, they were black and they had huge gray tread on the bottom. And we're, we're sitting there at uh, breakfast and an inmate goes, Hey, Depp, were those, uh, those rock climbing boots? And I was like, nah, they're ass kicking boots. You want to try them out? Totally <laughs> nervous, completely shitting my pants, but just spit out whatever I could. 
And luckily that got the whole pod going. And that was like, like the first win for me, uh, through County. When I jumped over to the next agency, there were a lot of trainers, like you talked about with FTO, but there weren't a lot of mentors. And it was very much like, if you had a question, it was like, I don't know, what are we going to do? So it was like 16 weeks of FTO. You had to figure it out for yourself. They're not going to let you do anything criminal. They're not going to let you, you know, beat up on anybody, but it was all, it was on you to figure it out. So a little bit different, but kind of the same in the same way. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I just listening to you and and kind of pulling in my own stuff there. But um, so you went through the academy, you went through the (laughs) week long academy when you switched over agencies at your FTO. What, uh, what specialty assignments yeah. have you been involved in? So, um, back in my, um, back with the County, I was on the, um, the crash team. Okay. Um, so I was, I was with the intermediate, um, <clears throat> like I got the intermediate, cra- um, accident, like training out there. Yeah. Um, worked a couple, like, uh, we did a, a few fatals and stuff and did some, did some follow up on some like serious, ac- serious injury accidents and all that kind of stuff. Um, that did not transfer, unfortunately, when I, when I transferred agencies, they, they didn't take a lot of, of what I had. Like I had to get radar certified again and they had to spray me with OC again. And that was a miserable experience. Fuck Um, that. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Um, so right now I'm working, I'm actually, um, working on like my promotion packet. Um, I'm eligible for, um, promote like promotion to corporal here. Um, yeah like at the end of the year. Um, I'm also working on, um, becoming, becoming an FTO, uh, because I, I do want to be like, I, I, I want to be that the mentor, right? Like yeah. we kind of talked about instead of the, just the trainer. Cause I feel like there's a lot of things that I would do differently in FTO. And I think that's the great thing about law enforcement is everyone kind of brings their own, um, their own piece of themselves to, mm-hmm. to the job. And I feel like that kind of balances everything out. You know, and yeah. I, that's, I think that's why it's a good thing to have multiple FTOs. You learn different things, different, different ways. So, um, <clears throat> but right, right now I'm, I'm just patrol and okay. I've had, oppor- I've had some opportunities, like the traffic teams come up, the bike teams come up and I've just, none of them have spoken to me. Like I, I've just been like, ah, no, I just like, I, I, right now, like I like where I'm at Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I have interests that I want to go into, but like not quite yet. Right. It's, a, so. it's incredibly huge though, that you see that and you're cognizant of it and you're not jumping in because what, what's the fault of so many, you know, guys that have been on one to five years, they put in for everything mm-hmm. just to hope to get the, that they get what they want later on. And then they're stuck on some team for five years that they have no passion with and no, you know, right. no real interest in it. It's just, it sucks their morale out. So. Yeah. And that's what I, that's like, I had the, I had the chance to join the, to the accident or not the accident, but the traffic team. I'm just like, I, I just don't know that. I, I don't know that I want to sit there and, and pull traffic all day and take accidents. And that's just, yeah. it just doesn't sound like something I want to do right now. I like the diversity of patrol. Yeah. Like, like, even though I complain about the, all the thefts that I got to take and all the different, you know, all the boring stuff and, I take this thing, this guy reported, oh, he's like, well, this happened like five weeks ago. I just haven't had the time to report right. it, but I got to report right. it now. And I'm like, I can't do anything for you now. But, but you know, I it's, could, it, it, it's, you get a, a little bit of everything. Yeah. I could never figure out why people would call at like one and two in the morning to report some shit that happened four weeks ago. And they weren't like meth heads or drunk or whatever. You're just like, you no. could have done this on evening shift. Like what's going on here? Right. I legit had that the other, the other, like a few weeks ago, somebody called at like two in the morning. He's like, Hey, I want to report all these tools that were taken from my house. Like four weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, but I don't have a serial number. I don't have any of the list of shit. I can just tell you that it was around. <laughs> was, yeah. Actually, this guy had the most detailed list that I had that I've ever gotten. That <laughs> he would, the only thing he was lacking was serial number. He didn't have serial numbers for anything. He had the model numbers. So I was like, okay, maybe I can do this, but I can't so far, put an NCIC for you. <laughs> no, I can't. But so far, uh, nothing's come of it. But um, you know, shout out to Leads Online for um, trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, uh, disclaimer to everyone out there. If you are going to put something in NCIC, make sure it's the serial number and not the model number because we've had a couple oh, guns pop yes. now that were the model number, not the serial number. And someone was almost taking a trip to jail. So keep an eye out for that. Um, serial number is not G17. Yeah, right. That's the mo- <laughs> <laughs> That's the model. This thing's wanted in 50 states. Uh... <laughs> what is going on, everyone? Do you know what time of year it is? That's right. It's fall, baby. We have officially entered into the fall season. And you know what that means, right? Dropping temperatures and time for coffee. And not just time for any coffee. It's time for Risen Warrior. Risen Warrior is a local, family-owned coffee company that uses the greatest quality ingredients in their coffee to make the greatest quality coffee they can. Why do they do that? Because they believe that a great cup of coffee can change someone's world. Seriously, if I was a betting man, I'd say that their fall flavors are coming out any day now. But you don't have to be a betting man to afford their coffee, because they already offered a great price. And with code Turk and Swagger, that's Turk with the and sign Swagger at checkout, you can get 10% off your order. So before the weather gets too cold, head over to www.risenwarriorcoffee.com and check out all the flavors they have going on over there. Don't forget to tell them Turk and Swagger sent you. All right, back to the show. So you talked about wanting to be an FTO, and I think that's kind of a, a great segue into what you're doing right now on social media because, you know, you, you started off with some of the, the skit videos, but you also jumped into a lot of like video breakdowns and kind of training videos, which was something we were thinking about doing over here and you kind of beat us to it. We might do it later on, but you do an excellent job at it where you, you know, you take critical incidents and you break them down and kind of give, I guess, a real world perspective on it. Um, tell us how long has the, has the, the platform been around and then kind of where are the goals, where are you headed, where are you at now? Things like that. Yeah, sure. So the, um, I've been on social media now as tased and confused for about just a little over a year. Um, and really like what got me, so I'll, I'll be honest, what got me started is that I was looking for, um, like a side gig, something that was going to bring a little bit extra, a little bit extra money. Uh, that was also going to allow me to kind of to like stay home because mm-hmm. I've got a family. I've got two kids and my wife. My wife has some health problems that she makes it so that she can't work. <clears throat> so I'm trying to bring in extra money. Um, and it's done that a little bit, but it's not like a treasure trove or anything. It's not like I'm rolling in the dough. But um, that's originally how it, how it kind of started. And I remember just like I was scrolling on in on social media and seeing some of these videos and thinking just thinking like i could do that yeah i could make those videos like and um so i was finally i was just like okay i'll just do it it. and my first videos i mean i'll be honest they were i had a lot of cringe (laughs) and like there's a level of being on social media that you're just going to hit that cringe factor for so many people. Yeah. Um, and, and I've just, I've come to accept that not everyone is going to like everything that you're doing. I mean, aside from the fact that there's so many people that dislike cops anyway, and, but nothing on social media is anything that I've, I haven't heard said to my face. Right. And so I'm like, I don't even care. You can, you can call me pig. You can say a cab. I'm like, okay. So yeah, your opinion, your opinion means nothing. They like to but, spam that 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 live platform they, though. That's for sure. They do. They do. I was doing lives for a little bit, um, and then it just kind of fizzled out because I just yeah. like life gets busy, and it just like I felt like it wasn't having the the effect that I that I anticipated. Right. And I might get back into it, but I also wanted to figure out how to use like the, this whole setup because I would just use my. My cam, my phone camera, and that I just felt like that was. Well, and then your arm gets tired after about five and a half minutes. Yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah, Ironically, I found more success doing those lives at like five in the morning as opposed to four or five at night, which is completely against all you know common sense. And that's about the only time I have now is four or five at night. But you remember (laughs) your first arrest? Do you remember your first video? So my first couple videos, um, <clears throat> I, I, my first couple videos were about um, kind of like political happenings. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of big into like political podcasts. I like, I like listening to that stuff. I like keeping up on current events. And I had like, I had very little direction when I first started. And so I think my first video, um, was when they, uh, was, it was around the time that they had the Roe, Roe v. Wade thing come out, okay. like the, the overturning. Yeah. And it was kind of like me addressing that and like my thoughts and opinions. And I did a couple of those. And I kind of started to realize that that's not really where I wanted to go. I didn't want to use my my persona as like a police officer to bring to like bring my politics to the platform. Right. And I felt like that was kind of disingenuous. And it was like it was like um, taking away from um, like the, the, the profession, I guess. Like I I don't want to represent my like the profession with my personal views. Right. And so I kind of, I kind of like re, um, redirected myself to where I wanted to go. And I started thinking about, um, uh, just what I wanted to do with it, my goals for, and this motto kind of came to me that, um, the, 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 the thought I had was that before I was a cop, I wasn't. And that just kind of clicked something in my head where I was like, I'm talking to people who aren't cops. Right. I'm talking to I'm talking to me before I had this training and experience. So what do I want to do? What do I want to what do I want to bring to this platform to help people understand what it's like being a cop? Why cops do the things that they do? Because I didn't understand it before, but now I do. Now I'm in the midst of it. And so that's where I'm like <clears throat> I like case law anyway. Because I I want to do my job like the best that I can, according to I'm you know I'm I I'm a believer in the Constitution, of course, and I mm -hmm. want to support I want to support people's rights because they're also my rights, they're everybody's rights, and I don't want to be you know I don't want to be violating people's rights because that's my right too. Right. So like I got I got into case law, and I was like I want to bring this to to people. I want to tell people why cops do the things that they that they do. So that's kind of where that's that's where it stemmed from. We're so terrible though. Like we don't want to, we don't want to be the one that creates bad case law, but then we're not proactive for the most part about going out and researching case law. So we wait for it to come down and be told what to do from our admin, or our county attorneys. And then we just kind of run around, you know, doing our own thing, but very, very cool that you're doing that. Very, very cool that you're on top of that. Um, what, uh, like, what accomplishments do you feel like you've had so far since starting everything? Has there been like one big one or has it just been a bunch of things collectively? So it, it has kind of been kind of collectively some small things. Um, I'm at, I'm nearly at 165,000 followers on, on, um, on TikTok, which is insane to me. Like, yeah. and, and it's, it's a, and it just keeps, it keeps growing. It's slower now. Like I feel like TikTok's yeah. a different place than now than it was a year ago. Yeah, and like uh, it's it I f like my my content isn't being pushed out in the same way that it, that it was. Right, things that were that would go like viral a year ago aren't aren't doing so well. Um, but that's I mean that's that's fine. Like that it my my a part of my goals has has kind of changed too. I I don't like I just like making content. Like it's not so much about like the, the money it brings in or anything. It's, it's really, it's my creative outlet, right? It's something that I, I get to do. That's, it's, it's fun for me. It's entertaining for others. And it's, you know, it, it's educational in some cases, um, bring, you know, trying to work toward my, to my goal. Um, <clears throat> so as far as like going back to my accomplishments, I've had, um, a couple like brand promotions, couple people reach out to me and say, Hey, like we want to, we want to, you know, send you a, a free product if you'll yeah. do brand placement. So I had this company called tack fresh, um, reach out to me and I don't, I'm not sure if they're, I'm not sure if they're still around. They haven't done a whole lot, um, lately, but I also had a rest my vest reach out. Yeah. And I know that they're pretty big too. They're, they're, they're still going, they're, they're still doing their thing. Uh, but they've got a really good product. Um, yeah. they, they sent me a couple air fresheners and then like a bottle of their, of their spray. And I've used it a couple of times, especially during like the summer, the summer months when it's yeah. all warm outside and stuff. It's, but, um, 
Yeah, one of our fans reached out to them because we happened to mention them one time, and they sent us a care package too. They're a great company. Um, Absolutely, they they it. What we talked about in the episode when uh, after they sent us that care package was about how like it's legit and it works. It's not like Febreze where it wears off after about ten minutes and smells like funky. So. Yeah, not to cut you off there. Sorry, I just thought it was kind of cool that we. No, no, you're the, fine. The same. No, you're you're absolutely right. So my my um, I went I was driving an Explorer around and I went to do a traffic stop one night and I switched off my lights, but they didn't switch off, and they yeah. were stuck on, and so I was just code three everywhere I was going though, <laughs> uh, so I had to drop that off. <laughs> I had to drop that off, and then pick up a new spare. Like we had to shut the fuse off, like the main fuse. Yeah, and. I had to go take it and get it get it repaired. So I'm currently in a Taurus and I hate it because yep. my the seatbelt gets caught on me every yep. time I try to get out. But I went and I picked up like I left my my Explorer there for a few days and I went and I I picked up a couple things and I opened the door and it still smelled because I yeah. sprayed the inside of my car and it still smelled like a res my vest. And <laughs> if that's not a good product placement, then I don't know what is. <laughs> um, so I guess. And you probably already know this, but I found, I did a little bit of research. I think the reason that you're so throttled right now is because everyone is getting throttled on all social mm-hmm. media. It's called like yeah. the TikTok 200 right now where the stuff, I don't know if it's because of the whole uh, congressional hearing or if it's because of um, how you can pay to be promoted, but everyone yeah. is getting hit right now real hard. Um, I'm glad to see that you're still pushing through that though. Uh, I think it's mm-hmm. turning a lot of people away. So, yeah. Um, well, I, oh, go ahead. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to, cr- tr- trying to kind of slowly build my platform on Instagram now. Okay. Like I, I, I feel like I may, I've, I started making memes and stuff and I started pushing yeah. out a little bit more, um, uh, more content on that. I feel like some of the, I, I'm, I'm trying to, um, I guess upgrade my quality uh, of content. Yeah. Like I started using, I've got a, DSLR camera. I started doing some, you know, my more recent videos have been used on that and it kind of looks a little bit nicer. And, and, um, I just bought like a wireless road mic to give me a little bit better audio quality and that kind of stuff. And, um, really just, I, I'm trying to build it in different ways and trying to expand a little bit. Cause you know, take TikTok's probably not going to be here forever. And right. especially if, you know, if, if this stuff with Congress goes through and it, and it, if it gets banned or anything, we're just going to be SOL. Right? Yeah. Any, anyone who's built a platform on, on TikTok is going to, just going to be, you know, gone. Well, that, so there's probably already to, a platform out there. We don't even know about yet. That's going to take off. And, and you're right. You're right. TikTok kind of came out of nowhere and I, I resisted it for the first couple of years, but then the pandemic hit and I was like, you know what? Like they asked us not to do, you know, as many, they were like, only do traffic stops if like it's an egregious offense. They're right. like, otherwise, you know, just try to limit your con- your contact, take calls over the phone if you if you can. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to download TikTok. <laughs> just watch it and p- on patrol. <laughs> Got nothing else going on at this uh, point, so. Yeah, I was like, okay, I might as well give in. But um, also one more accomplishment I wanted to, um, wanted to specify, and maybe this isn't like a, a specifically an accomplishment um per se but i i'm proud of it i made it to anti tiktok cop on instagram nice (laughs) very cool and and i feel like i I felt like oh i've made it we have arrived (laughs) (laughs) um you know because you go go ahead no i I guess i was just gonna say uh what Wow. Total brain fart there. That's great for a podcast. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but oh, before we, uh, you know, jumping into where you're going from here, I did want to know, because you talked about how you started this during the pandemic and how there was all that downtime. Was there any pushback from the admin from Darth Vader? <laughs> <laughs> so the only pushback that I got, um, was there was a t- there was a, a TikTok I recorded and I, in my, my understanding was that it just had to be like off the clock. Mm-hmm. So I waited until I was off the clock. I had to gas up. So I set up, I set it all up and I did this like weird little quirky video of me gassing up and my car, like, cause I have a habit of like, when I go to gas up my car, I like slap the, yeah. the gas cap. So it opens. And then like I did, I did that once and I was like, 
oh man, what if I did a video like I was like spanking my car <laughs> and it made, it made like, you know, kind of sexual sounds and it was, it was pretty funny and it was going like, it, it was building some, um, some speed and yeah. I get a text from my, I get a text from my sergeant at the time and it was just, just the link and I clicked it and it went to my video and I was like, what is he trying to tell me here? <laughs> I then called in I was like, sick it's for the so ambiguous. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah. And he was like, uh, you need to delete this. And so like I deleted it. I took it down. And then he he was like, he pulled me into his office when I got back on shift. And he was like, hey, that was hilarious. Um, but someone complained about you doing it on city property. So you uh no more doing it on city property. So at, at that point, I, cause I was doing some, I, I would cover my badge, but I was doing some, yep. um, most of my videos in my uniform. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, okay, I'm just going to unambiguous. I'm not going to do it in uniform. I'm not going to do make, do anything that's going to look like, you know, have the appearance of that. I'm on like the taxpayer dime while I'm, while I'm doing this. So that's where I kind of transitioned to my like active shooter vest. Yeah. Um, my, you know, my, my plates and stuff. So that's what I do now. Right on. Yeah. It's ironic that, uh, we can't record on city property, even though we can be mm-hmm. recorded with no objection based on the first amendment, but it's neither here nor there. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They had no so, problem if I did it in my car. Just yeah. Not even in, though that's like, you know, not on the yeah. gas, uh, yeah. Heaven forbid. Yeah. We, we do it out in public. <laughs> Heaven where, yeah. forbid. Right. <laughs> where, uh, you kind of talked about how you want to build on Instagram. Where is Taze and Confuse going from here? Are we going to focus more on skits, more on the training, a combination of everything? Are you going to go into OnlyFans? I, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, I mean, there, you know, I, I've thought about it. I, I'm not going to lie. Because uh, there's, I've heard that, that a lot of uh, these, these chicks pull huge numbers <laughs> and maybe people want to see a cop on, on, on only fans, but you know, as long as my wife's okay with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, where, where I want to go is I, I, like I mentioned before, like I'm trying to kind of upgrade my quality. Um, cause I, I'm, you know, everyone, like you become a content creator and, um, you know, I would not by no means call myself like an influencer. Um, but like, you know, um, I like, I like creating this content and, um, like I, I feel like I'm evolving as a content creator and I want to have a little bit more of like, a, and maybe this sounds weird from like a, a cop, but by the way, I recently learned that I'm like more of like a right brain, um, which is you're more like creative side. Sure. And, um, I actually took, we took this like little, um, quiz in Academy and me and another guy were the only ones that got this, like this one specific statistic. And they're like, uh, by the way, the, the guys that get this statistic, they don't last in law enforcement, uh, usually. So and I was like, Oh, great. So, <laughs> so, but here I am five years later and I actually, I love what I, I love what I do. And I love, um, kind of bringing that to everyone else and, and being and kind of being that like entertaining, um, bringing that entertainment factor. And I honestly don't feel like I'm like that funny of a guy, like in, in real life. And, but I get, I get to like write down all these things and I get to draw from like my own experience and find the, find the humor in my own life and, and kind of bring that to a format to, to share it with others. And I found that so many people are, are like, man, I relate to that. Oh man, I get, I get that so much. Like I had that video of like dropping the license in like the yes. abyss of your car. Yes. And that went like, that's one of my most liked videos because it like, I, it, it kind of hit the nerve of like the public being on traffic stops and like taking longer than you would think it is. And then cops being like, Oh, I have done that before. And everyone right. like, it just like, it, it's, it, hit that um you know just that i guess nerve i i already said that to to repeat myself it, it hit that nerve and like i i love that you know time time absolutely stops when that happens and yeah people don't understand that i think 
and you're you're very right when you talked about how like the your platform you're using it as you're telling people who aren't cops what it's like to be a cop but then on the other side you're still hitting it with cops and like reliving things and telling that funny side i think it's huge because this the the new generation of cop they don't want to sit in the classroom they don't want to hear this is how we've always done it or this is why like do it because i said so they want to know the why behind it and then on the other side we're learning that like this career takes a toll on you. You have to get that creative side out a little bit. And as much as a lot of people are getting in trouble on social media, there is definitely an outlet there for you if you can do it responsibly and do it correctly. And it might just save 10 years on your career or even 10 years on your life. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to give props to you because one of your latest videos hit on mental health, which is obviously a big thing that we're on. Um, it was it was very impactful, kind of outside the norm for you. But I, I just I thank you for taking that that leap of faith and that step off of, of your norm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's kind of stuff that I've been, um, wanting to address lately. Like I said, you know, I took a break, um, you know, back at the beginning of the year, I, I, I didn't make, um, first of all, I was, um, I was demonetized, um, around the first, around the first or around December of 2022. And it was a six month demonetization. And that was like a huge blow to me, yeah. You know, because that it's what I it's what I had been doing to bring a little bit of extra money. It paid, it helped pay for gas, it helped pay for groceries, and in the the economy that we're in, that's like it. You know, that any extra just just helps. Um, you know, so I kind of quit uh, doing content so much. I you know I had to go I had to go like start giving plasma and stuff like I got a little yeah got the little plasma mark in my arm just just so that we could get that that extra money rolling in and and um because we're trying to do we're this is my house we're trying to do some like renovations and stuff to it and so like we we just have uh we're always bleeding funds and we're always needing more you know we got two little mouths to feed all that kind of stuff so it's I'm trying to balance everything and so it was like super demoralizing um but as it kind of, as time kind of progressed, I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting back into the motions and wanting to get back into it. But I was thinking to myself, how do I want to change? What do I want to do differently? And um, I recently, without going into like too much detail, within my family, we had um, a, 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 like a mental health crisis, right? And it was it was super... It was a completely different experience. I I have been through so many um, mental health crises being on the other side. Yeah. It's that it's not me. It's not my family that's dealing with that. I'm, I'm, I'm dissociated from it. Right. It's I'm helping you and you know, I've got to take you to the hospital because of the mental state that you're in. But when I had to take my own, um, you know, a member of my own family Mm -hmm. to the hospital for their mental state, That was something that was just completely um, eye-opening, right? It was a completely new experience that I had never dealt with before. And then um, it's it's funny. I and this this is this is where I sat down on the toilet at at work, <laughs> <laughs> and right in front of me is this right in front of me is this paper that says toilet talk on it, and it says September is National Suicide Awareness Month. And I was like, okay let's, let's do this. And so I went and I made that and like, I felt, I, I like, I was super proud of it. I felt like I, I was like the best acting that I've ever done in my life. And I put it together. I edited it. I put, I put the music in and I uploaded it to TikTok and it did nothing. It like, it was like 200, then 300, then 400, yeah. just slowly. And it, and it built up till like, it got like, it maxed out at like 2,700. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, what? I, and, and I n- never do I expect, I don't feel entitled to all these views, but I'm like, I want, I, like, I want that message, that message of anything else. I want that to get to my followers. I have mm-hmm. 165,000 followers. I want them all to have that kind of message. And I wish that something like that would, was kind of pushed out a little more. It was, it was addressed a little bit more. And, I've been trying to rack my brain on like, is it like, because I, I, you know, I, I mean, obviously like I had, there's a flash of a gun in there because I want to have that effect. Um, the emotional draw and, and all of that build up. Um, 
but like I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm like, why, why does this, why did this not, you know, why did this not get pushed out so much? Um, but that's, that's neither here nor there. The, the point is, is that I, you know, that's kind of the focus that I want to take. I want to take more of like, uh, more of like a serious, um, more emotional, um, take to my content as well as, um, just kind of the other stuff. Like, yeah. um, you know, I want to keep the comedy and, and keep the skits. And I love like this new, this new series that I've started with the city cop versus the County deputy. I love doing that. That's so much yeah. fun. Yeah. And I actually had my, my captain, uh, in the locker room. Um, lots of stuff happens in the locker room, in the bathroom. Uh, we don't mention that that goes on another website. <laughs> um, but he's like, he's like half naked dude. And he's like, Hey, I saw that donut video with, with the, the city cop and the, ca- and the County deputy. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shade, shade, cover my eyes like, oh, okay. And uh, so it was, was the like, bottom half that was naked. Is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, he was like, that was hilarious, dude. And it was a it was a reminder too that um, I, I do have to be careful because my upper management does see what I put out there. <laughs> yeah, man, we had a, a corporal at my old agency that so like the old building, the locker room was a big U. And his locker was on the backside. So no reason to come around this corner. Every day he would spend an hour getting ready, completely buck ass nude. And when he hear that door open and close, he'd come around the corner just to go, What's up? <laughs> <laughs> just to traumatize us a little bit. But uh, you know what I will what I will say, man, is that the fact that that video got over two thousand views should actually tell you how high up you are because of that restrictor plate that's been put on everyone. And the fact that that video has reached over 2000 people means that it's had an impact on over 2000 people. Somebody heard the message, which is so important right now because we have to normalize this, this dirty thing that we don't, we have never wanted to talk about before and that a lot of admin don't want to talk about. So again, I thank you for that part of it. Um, It was a courageous thing for you to do. Very, very cool. As we wrap this thing up, Tell everyone how they can find you, how they can go see videos like the ones you put out about mental health. Yeah. So, um, I'm on the big four platforms. Um, so TikTok obviously is where I've got the biggest following. I'm on Instagram, um, Facebook. I am there, but it's mostly just like, it's linked to my, my Instagram and Instagram will like, uh, Facebook will repost what I put on Instagram. Yeah, but I, I I do like Facebook. That's where I'm a follow. Like I follow you guys on there, and I we we comment uh, on on each other's things. Like I follow people like thoughts of a patrol officer on there. I like the stuff he does. Um, but yeah, so sorry, my ADD brain is like everywhere. Um, so TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and um, YouTube. I'm on mm-hmm. YouTube too. Um, I I was focusing a little bit on um. Some like like what you said, critical incidents on YouTube. Um, I took a pause on that um, just because, like, I felt like that was that was kind of starting to be detrimental to my health. I don't know. I'll tell you, sure. I don't know how Donut Operator does it. It's probably because uh, he doesn't work as right. law enforcement anymore, right? <clears throat> um, but like, I was starting to. It, it was it was really starting to affect me. Like just just searching for shootings and like look and wa- yeah. watching them over and over again and trying to analyze them and put it, put it down. And it was also like, um, a huge, um, time hog. Yeah. Like it's a lot of time and effort. Dude, it to, takes to a long time kind of to edit a podcast, let alone a video podcast mm. or oh, a YouTube yeah. video. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Sergeant Props Zeke, to you guys for doing that. Oh, thanks man. Uh, <laughs> Sergeant Zeke had talked about how, like, if you don't need to see this stuff, don't see it because it's detrimental to your mental health. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, you know, those, those videos are kind of a murky area because it's stuff we don't want to talk about. It's hard to, you know, talk about the shortcomings of the officer, but we have to, because we have to educate people so they don't make the same mistakes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think we're going to wrap it up because it's been an awesome episode. We've been talking about quite a bit. Uh, Go, Check out Kenyon at Taze and Confuse, like he said, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. He does have it and YouTube. Otherwise, you know, please check our stuff out. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you've already followed all that stuff. But we're doing what we can to break the break the stigma of mental health and then break the restrictor plate of social media. So 
Uh, Swagger, if you're listening out there, we're thinking about you, buddy. We'll get you out as soon as we can. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, stay safe, everybody, and we'll get this together. All right. Thanks for having me.